Awesome. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, we have been uh, we've been talking about this idea. There's an on switch. Oh, there we go. On. That'd be good. If I shake it, does that work? just turned it on. Pardon us for a moment. <laughs> so what happens, folks, Keith does this on purpose every two or three weeks just to remind us all that we are not a showy and flashy church. Now, here we go. All right, now we got it. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> Um, so we've been talking, this is the third week of three weeks that we've been talking about this idea of help, thanks, wow. There's this book by Anne Lamott, who is a wonderful author and has many great uh, books. This one in particular is about what she calls the three essential prayers. We pray to God in only one of three ways, help, thanks, and wow. Um, and as we were talking about this as a pastoral team, we thought that's a really great concept. I wonder if we can extend that to the way we relate to one another, in addition to the way we relate to God, can we also talk about how we relate to one another through those three words? And so a couple weeks ago, Keith talked about help. How do, we, how do we ask one another for help and how do we offer help? How do we live in a way that we are willingly helping one another out? And then last week, he talked about the idea of thanks, not just being grateful and expressing gratitude to others, but the really challenging piece of actually receiving someone else's gratitude how do we do that as a community so this week um i wanted to go ahead and let owen wilson uh introduce this week's topic for us wow 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 let's pray folks no, I'm just kidding. I'm not done. Um, <clears throat> that's kind of all we have to say, right? Wow. 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 Uh, so what does this mean, wow? It's kind of a weird word in the title of the book, and as I'm thinking about how do I turn this into a message for people and how we relate to one another, well, when we think about wow, it's really, it's about wonder, isn't it? It's about amazement. It's about awe. It's all of these things that... Um, that we kind of see in scripture sometimes when specifically when we're reading about the way people respond to God's greatness and the, the, the works of his hands and uh, God's abundant grace and all of those things. We see particularly in, in, in books like the Psalms, we see a lot of wonder, right? We see um, verses like this, the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. We see these kinds of words, and it, it makes sense. It's kind of how we've always talked about wonder and, and amazement when we talk about Scripture. I want to talk about something a little bit different. Because we're talking about experiencing wow and wonder with one another, I want to look at Jesus. Because there are a couple of times when Jesus actually expresses amazement at other people. 
And for a second, that seems a little odd because like, hey, he's Jesus. How is he amazed by people? But there are a couple of stories I want to point out that are really, really uh, significant. Uh, This first one has to do with Jesus' encounter with a Roman centurion. And in case you're not sure of the history of the ancient Near East, when Jesus was living in that area, uh, Rome was the occupying force. Make no mistake, it was a military occupation. They had conquered the territory and they were occupying the space. So Jews in Jesus' day didn't necessarily look at Roman soldiers with a lot of kindness and think of them as, you know, fellow uh, Jews, certainly not Jews, right? And so this Roman centurion came to Jesus. And as a centurion, he wasn't just a Roman soldier. He was in charge of a hundred other Roman soldiers. So he was kind of a commander, right? So he comes to Jesus and he has this request to, to heal his servant. And he says, Jesus, please heal my servant. Jesus had been doing some, some healings and this Roman centurion came to him to ask this. And so when Jesus said to him, well, take me there and I will, I will heal. The Roman centurion said, no, 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 no. I understand how power and authority work because I have command over a whole lot of people. I know that you have authority and you don't have to even go there to heal. You just have to say the word. And so Jesus said, wow. (laughs) Doesn't say that in scripture, but we imagine that Jesus said, wow, right? So when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Jesus was amazed at the faith of the centurion. So how can Jesus be amazed at something? I think we have to ask ourselves that because when we encounter one another, we want to talk about how are we amazed or not amazed by one another. Jesus was amazed by the faith of this centurion. But you know, Jesus also, there's another story where uh, Jesus was amazed by something and it wasn't exactly a good thing. We're going to see that Jesus was amazed by something a little different next. Jesus had returned to his hometown So he had gone back home and uh, was trying to teach, was trying to preach, was trying to do some miracles and heal, and nobody wanted to listen. Why? We know him. Isn't that Jesus? Little Jesus? Isn't he the carpenter's kid? Come on. Who does he think he is? And so the people in that town weren't able to receive any of what God might have wanted to do there. And what does it say? He was amazed at their lack of faith. Doesn't say he was angry about their lack of faith. Doesn't say he was disappointed about their lack of faith or frustrated. Or doesn't say that he became disillusioned and gave up hope. Like it says he was amazed. Wow. That's amazing that that you're not able to see what's going on here. So there's something about the amazement that I think we can learn from. Jesus was amazed at something really great, great faith, and he was amazed at a lack of faith. So what does it mean to be amazed? I think as I've distilled it down, I want to propose to you today that wow is about two things. It is about curiosity and humility. To approach someone else with wonder, to be able to say wow You have to first be curious. You have to first ask, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder why that's happening. I wonder wonder how that centurion has such great faith. He's not even a Jew. How does he have that great faith? I, I wonder why the people in my hometown can't 
see what God is really up to. I wonder. You have to be curious. And the second thing is humility. It may be a little hard to see that through this perspective of Jesus because we think of, you know, Jesus is all-knowing, right? He's God. But I think there was humility there too. And, and we, when we encounter one another, we have to approach other people with humility. I don't know your situation. I don't know your life. I don't know what God's been doing in you. I don't know what you've suffered or the trauma that you've been through. And I have to understand that, that I, I can't approach you with anything else but humility. And so if we want to be wowed by one another or approach each other with wow, with wonder and amazement, we need to be curious and we need to be humble. So that's my premise today. I want to talk about those two things. Um, I'm going to use the whiteboard. I feel like announcing that because I usually don't. So those of you who haven't been around, this is a thing. Um, this, is, this is Keith's domain, and he told me the purple ones are good, so I'm going to use a purple one. So I'm going to give you three examples of encountering other people and how this kind of works out. Um, when you encounter others, you can either approach them without wonder, or you can approach them with, with wonder, with awe, with, with wow, right? And so... Um, we're going to first talk about somebody, let's say you approach somebody who is, they're sad, they're, they've, they've suffered, they're, they've experienced something, they're, there's pain in their life, uh, and, and they're suffering, they're hurting, and you, and you approach a person like that. And when you encounter that person, um, without wonder, I'm going to have a little bit of wordplay here, guys. If you encounter that person, and there's no wonder... You might end up saying things that begin with, no wonder. Well, no wonder that person is suffering. They've made really bad choices. Well, no, no wonder God's not answering their prayer. They're not praying in faith or they're not praying enough. Well, no wonder that person is, is going through that. We start to say that if we approach that person in that relationship without curiosity and without humility, then what happens is we become indifferent to their suffering. Right? But what happens if we approach that person with wow, with wonder? Oh man, I wonder what they've been through. I wonder what it's like to be them. I don't, I don't know what it's like to have that kind of pain and suffering. And we're curious and we're humble. Then all of a sudden, guess what, guys? We are moved toward compassion. When we have wonder for other people who are suffering and who are hurting, we are moved to compassion. We ask curious questions and we we are rooted in humility and we are able to love them in better ways and have compassion for them because we we approach that situation with wonder and amazement right second example let's say um here's a person who uh that's a mean person my emoji game is really on today i gotta say like that's pretty awesome I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do that. I was studying on my phone. I was like, what do the emojis look like for like searching the emojis for what does a mean emoji look like? So, so this person is, uh, I don't know, it's, the person is mean or maybe they, they don't treat people kindly or uh, maybe they are perpetuating injustice, maybe directly or indirectly. Like someone that you just really are sort of at odds with, right? If we approach that person with no wonder, we'll say, well, no wonder they're such, they're, no wonder they're acting that way. They're just, they're just a jerk, Right? 
Well, no wonder that's happening. They, they, they're just, they're mean at their core. No wonder. If we have no wonder for a person like that, then all of a sudden we move toward judgment, don't we? And we start to judge that person. If we don't approach them with wonder, with curiosity and humility, we judge them and we say, ah, they're terrible. I can't believe they're doing that. No wonder, right? But if we, if we have curiosity and humility in our approach, even to people that, that are doing things that, that are maybe visibly terrible, right? If we approach them with humility and curiosity, we might begin to have some level of understanding, and this is really hard when, when people are hurting other people. And I'm not saying that we have to, like, you know, forgive that. And, and, and I mean, we obviously have to forgive, but that we have to allow painful things to go on. My point here is that when you approach another person with humility and curiosity, you start to see them differently and you start to say, I wonder why they treat other people that way. I wonder why they have that opinion or that idea about this issue that I disagree with. And I'm, I'm humble enough to know that I don't know their story and I don't know where they're coming from and maybe I'm curious enough to find out, right? So we approach these people with humility and curiosity and it moves us towards some level of understanding. And then the last example I'll give you here is, let's say we have a person who is just... Um, great. It's an amazing person. They're kind, they're generous, and, and they're just really awesome, right? Well, no wonder they're generous. They, they have so much more than I do, right? Well, no wonder they're nice to everybody. It just comes easy for them. It's so hard for me to be nice to people. No wonder they can be nice to people. Their life, their life is easy. They haven't been through the pain I've been through, right? All of a sudden, if we approach them with no wonder, we might start to even become envious. And we start to experience envy. Without wonder, we start to feel negatively towards a person who is amazing and wonderful and awesome. But if we approach them with curiosity and humility, we can begin to appreciate who they are and what they do. So wonder, curiosity, humility, we ask, well, I wonder how they're able to be so kind and generous. That's really great. And, and we're humble enough to understand that it's not just easy for them or it's not just circumstantial, that they, they probably have to work at that too. So humility and curiosity moves us from these ways of interacting with people to compassion, to understanding, to appreciation, and more. There are more types of people than these three emojis, by the way. And so in any situation where you are encountering others, you can engage them with curiosity and with humility. And I believe that is a better way for us to relate to one another. As Jesus was amazed by people with great faith or with lack of faith, we can be amazed by one another. And we can grow in that way. So the question is, how then do we cultivate humility and curiosity? Um, and and I, don't, I don't know... Oh, that was supposed to be up while I was doing that. I don't know that there's an easy way to just, like turn it on and say, okay, I'm going to be humble now, and I'm going to be curious now. Uh, it's challenging. So I just want to share with you a couple of, um, as I was doing some research, I came across a couple of studies that I thought were really interesting about these two ideas. 
And first, I want to start with curiosity. Um, what is curiosity? And it's interesting because when you start to look at uh, the like research and, and that sort of thing, scientists and sociologists, psychologists, they, they've spent years trying to like really define what is curiosity. It's not as simple as we might think. Um, it tends to, to be that way when it comes to scientific papers. But um, this one particular study that I found, I liked the definition here that they use. And they say basically that curiosity is evoked when people experience an information gap. Well, that makes sense. There's a gap of information. There's a knowledge gap. There's some knowledge there that I don't have, and I want it. What they found was that people who genuinely express curiosity, and the presumption is that not everybody is a curious person, right? And not everybody's curious about everything. I'm curious about some things. I'm not curious about other things. Like, when I'm driving, I want my GPS to work. I'm not really that curious about how it goes out to space into some satellite and comes back down into my car. I just want it to work, right? Um, other people are curious about everything. Like my friend Sean Billups is curious about everything. Have a conversation with him and he, you know, he's always asking questions. How does this work? How can I make that better? What's that about, right? So curiosity is about a knowledge gap. It's a gap in information. And people who express curiosity generally have two different motivations, right? One of two motivations, I should say. One of them they call the deprivation motive. The deprivation motive is, oh, I cannot stand to not know, right? It's like, I, I really need, I, I, I'm very anxious about not knowing this information and I need to know that information. And that can be a motivation for our curiosity, right? The other motive is the discovery motive and that is just simply, I just really want to know more. I want to learn more and I want to know more and I want to grow in my knowledge, right? So when I think about curiosity, when we talk about curiosity, we often are talking about it in terms of like, things and ideas and, and those kinds of understandings. But think about for a minute, have you ever been curious about another person? Have you ever been curious to know what makes someone else tick? I think that's a really important part of being in Christian community. I think it's a really important part of following Jesus together. Being able to ask, I, I wonder what their motivations are for that. I wonder what their story is when it comes to this particular thing. I wonder how they understand this particular passage of Scripture. Or I wonder what their prayer life is like. I wonder. Being curious about another person is what I'm talking about today. So maybe one of these motives might help you think about that differently. Again, it's not an easy strategy to just turn on. You, I can't just tell you, oh, be curious now. But, but if you're thinking about being curious about another person, like, Maybe it's the discovery motive. I just want to know more about this person. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the deprivation motive. You're like, I just can't stand not knowing about this person. They're just so, like, I'm going to feel really weird if I don't know more about them. Or I'm just, you know, insanely curious. Whatever it is. Like, you just, you just want to know more. Curiosity. Curiosity is at the heart of treating one another with wow. That's, and I think that's an important thing. The second thing I'll talk about um, is humility. I found another study, and interestingly, this study was actually done with um, religious leaders, and I thought it was interesting that, that this study found that there were five primary ways, five primary areas that helped uh, these religious leaders um, develop humility. So how do we cultivate humility as people? How do we become more humble and, and, uh, and, and engage that, right? The first is relationships with others. I think that's almost a no-brainer, but it, goes, uh, it doesn't go without saying. I need to say it. Proximity to others will lead to humility. The more you know other people, the more you realize their lives are more complex than you have ever imagined. It's important for understanding people who are... Uh, who are um, uh, 
different, different races, different um, ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds, different sexual orientations. It's so important to get to know people and understand who are they as people, right? Proximity. So relationships with others is a great step towards humility. It's really hard to think you know it all when you, you talk to a whole lot of people and realize, well, I'm, yeah, I can't know it all. The second, I think, is interesting, prayer, study, and worship, and they group these together in this one category. Um, and, and I think when we worship here on Sunday, so much of what we do is about, is about sort of moving the focus off of us and moving the focus onto God, right? And there's an element of humility in that. There's an element of humility to say, I'm going to come and I'm going to sing these words about how great God is, not to belittle myself, but just to remember that there is somebody greater than me. And that helps to perpetuate humility. Study and prayer do very, very similar things, right? When we engage with God in these very real ways, we, we can begin to see our own humility in ways that are important. Self-reflection, uh, self-care. I mean, I'll kind of talk about these together. I think that's, that's another thing that's obvious and maybe not talked about enough in church. Here at LifePath, um, over the last couple of years, we've done some really important uh, studies in those, and I say studies, I mean like, like group, group studies, classes um, on emotionally healthy uh, spirituality and emotionally healthy relationships and understanding how we as emotional beings relate to others, really important to engage with our humility. And then lastly, acts of service, acts of service. When we serve others, when we, when we go out of our way to help people who have needs that we can meet, it actually helps us be more humble. It helps us to see those needs in new and unique ways. So I think these are some fascinating ideas. And interestingly, here at LifePath, we have, and if you stay for the First Steps meeting, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth. We have kind of three primary purposes. Our, our purpose statement has three, really three areas. We exist as a community of disciples to, uh, to reconnect people to Jesus. That's letter B. To reconnect people to one another. That's letter A. And to reconnect people to God's redemptive work in the world, and that's E. These are things that we try to do, right? And then the self-reflection and the self-care, you only have to spend about 15 minutes at LifePath to know that we really talk a lot about self-reflection, self-care, and understanding who we are as people. So these things help us lead to humility. So we want to cultivate humility, and we want to cultivate curiosity. And I believe that those things can take us from a posture of no wonder to a posture of wow with other people. And I really think it's something we don't talk about enough when we relate to others. We talk about loving one another, we talk about serving one another, but we don't really talk about be amazed by one another, right? Be amazed. So we have a little bit of time